Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 28 of Wrestle Life Radio, and we are here to tell you all about SmackDown. I am Carol's husband, and I am here with BWC, that is beautiful wife Carol, and my cousin Kyle Pauly. Hello. Hello. So before we get into SmackDown, we're going to do the same thing we always do, and Chris is such an expert at, but Chris isn't here this week. So yesterday, Kyle gave us the This Day in Wrestling History, and Carol, today you're going to do it, and next week when Chris returns, he is going to crown a king of This Day in Wrestling History quote champion. So my sweet angel, give me your very best This Day in Wrestling History, and go. This Day in Wrestling History. Oh my gosh. It just speaks to me. It speaks to my heart. It was just so perfect. I don't, I just, I'm sorry, Kyle. I feel like you've already lost. Well, look, Chris is the actual judge, but I just, I don't know how that can ever be topped. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know it was a competition, but whatever. <laughs> try harder. Oh, man. So we've got a really interesting SmackDown to go through. But before that, 23, no, excuse me, 26 years ago today, WCW's Fall Brawl War Games. The main event where Sid Vicious, Vader, and Harlem Heat lost to my favorite WCW superstar, Sting, Davey Boy Smith, The Natural, Dustin Rhodes, and the greatest WCW superstar of all time, the Shockmaster. Mm-hmm. Now, as I've mentioned before, we're going to be throwing in some new segments, roundtables and the like. And one of the things that we're going to do is going to call, be called the best and the worst. And where I'm going to take BWC... And I'm going to show her some of the best wrestling matches and segments of all time. And some of the worst matches and segments of all time. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you because Shockmaster is going to be on one of the worst of all time in a very early show. And I am so excited to show it to her. I mean, I, I am over I mean, it, it could be a best and a worst. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> There's so many things about that segment that's great. It's only great. It's it's one of those. It's so bad. It's you want a piece of me, Sid? Come (laughs) on! Don't spoil it. You gotta let him watch it. That's that's the least. That's like the least of any part of that segment is his voice. (laughs) This is so good. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm clapping and everything. So let's get to SmackDown and let's get to one of the best opening segments of any wrestling show that we've had in months, and that is the show opens immediately with an amazing trip, uh, six-man tag match. And the match lasted like 23 minutes. It was so good. And it was all three members of the New Day versus The Revival and Randy Orton. Tell us about it, Kyle. Yeah, uh, it was a good change to actually wrestle to start a wrestling show. Yeah. Not only the promo, so that was good. Uh, and I would have... Like I said, when we were reviewing Class of Champions, uh, I would have liked to have seen Orton and Revival win the belts. It was kind of weird that 
only one team or one team had the tag belts and the other had the WWE championship, but whatever. So, but they had a good match, uh, a lot of back and forth. Uh, obviously they focused on, uh, Xavier Woods knee isolated him throughout the, you know, through most of the match. Uh, they fought back and, uh, uh, Orton did a suit back suplex on the announce table, mm-hmm. uh, sent him the commercial break. Uh, we came back and, uh, Dawson attempted a superplex on Woods, but he got pushed off and he got hit with a missile dropkick and he got the hot tag to uh, Kofi Kingston. He went crazy. Um, There's a lot of back and forth action again. Uh, it basically, match ended when Orton Revival went for the RKO machine. Um, and Orton pulled, uh, I mean, sorry, Biggie pulled Orton out of the ring. Uh, Woods hit an elbow off the top on Wilder. And Kofi Kingston got the trouble in paradise on Dawson and got the victory for the new day. So they stood tall, and I guess it's the end to at least the the group feud that we had going on here with Revival and Norton versus New Day. And uh, but yeah, it's a great match. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good as, end. As soon as it was over, Chris's immediately worst nightmare. You hear the music of Brock Lesnar. Oh. <laughs> That one. I always forget how good you do that. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, spot on. And that is so so perfect. I'm just flabbergasted. Yeah. Um. So, so basically, Brock and Paul come out. I call I call him Paul because he's a per- close personal friend. And uh, Paul says, "I have been, you know, okayed by my client to challenge you for the WWE Championship on October." Fourth, I think it is, which is the first SmackDown that's going to be on Fox, which is really cool. Obviously, that means they're going to be stacking that that show. I can't imagine like this is the only thing they're trying to sell it with, even though this is a big sell. And uh, Kofi actually told Biggie and Xavier Woods to get out of the ring that he wants to do this on his own. And so he said, "I've said ever since I won the title at WrestleMania that I'm going to be a fighting champion, and I look forward to defending my title." Brock Lesnar who now has a giant beard, Beard Lesnar, we're going to call him. Beard Lesnar goes in for a handshake, and then Kofi retaliates with a, with a, with a handshake as well. But Brock, instead of giving Kofi a handshake, he does him dirty and picks him up into an F5. And then we go to commercial. Hmm. And Beard Lesnar stands tall. Yeah, so Kofi versus Brock Lesnar and his beard to debut mm-hmm. uh, SmackDown on Fox. Yeah, can't wait. What yeah, I will say it was a it was a odd juxtaposition to have uh, Lesnar there. Luckily, he had a t shirt on because just seeing him and then Kofi like standing tall in the middle of the ring with his uh, super flat boy chest or whatever he's right. going on. I was like, hmm, they don't need to be standing next to each other. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, for a visual for uh, casual fans. Yeah, what what did you think, honey? Uh, I was distracted by the beard. I, I liked it. I was like, hey, yeah, he, this is this is a whole new side of Brock Lesnar. Like, I it just changed changed everything for me. He actually grew like, his beard out after the diverticulitis in when he was in UFC, and uh, actually had a full like full beard, like a winter beard, against Cain uh, Velasquez in a, a title match against him. But he got the snot beat out of him and got completely destroyed by Cain. So he was probably thinking, yeah, we're going to just the beard. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he always looked awesome uh, with it. 
He's just kind of a big goober, and I felt like this kind of made him look a little more serious. I don't know. I like wow, that. He has a pretty thick beard. Look at that. Wow. See, I'm I don't like a... that. The We're looking at the old beard. I don't care for that. I like the scruffy yeah. sort of. That, that is uh, AAA superstar Kane Velasquez. Yes. So then we go backstage, and Sasha, Sasha and Bailey are back there, and literally nothing happens. I mean, this was this was a filler segment to be a filler segment. Sasha's back there, and she goes, I'm going to beat Becky Lynch. And then the interviewer says, oh, you're wrestling Charlotte later tonight. What do you have to say to her? And Bailey says, she didn't have to tell her anything. And then they leave. That's the whole thing. That That is what happened. Uh, which is, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I like Sasha and Bailey. It just, <laughs> did this matter at all? And I want to say that, and again, the first segment ran for like 25 minutes from opening the show to the match ended uh, for 30 minutes, I guess, with the Brock Lesnar stuff. So that's a quarter of the show. There's only three matches on this entire show. So couldn't that have just been cut? I don't know. It, it was whatever. Uh, so then we had a sit-down interview with Eric Rowan. And uh, Michael Cole is interviewing him. And he asked him about Luke Harper. And Eric Rowan says, hey, you got a question to ask Luke. You go ask him. But this is about me. And Michael Cole says, okay. Well, tell me why you attempted to murder Roman Reigns. And Eric says, actually, I wasn't trying to murder him. I was just trying to scare him, which makes total sense, considering he tried to turn over a bunch of boxes and squash him, also attempt to run over him with a car. So I guess yeah, it all makes sense. He just he was trying to scare him. No big deal. No big deal. I was I trying to scare to- him with my forklift and speakers <laughs> and scaffolding. I'm telling you. And one of the things I want to complain about here. You should take notes from uh, his former boss, uh, Mr. Bray Wyatt, if he wants to scare people. Because obviously he scared Seth. So uh, he yeah, should probably look to him if he wants to scare See, somebody. Eric's got a long way to go, though. He's going to do something stupid like put worms on the ring first. So you know, he's got a long way before he gets to that fiend yeah, stuff. He's going to figure out how to scare people first, I guess. Yeah. I, I want to complain about something real quick, though. Um, and I know I mentioned in the in the Clash episode, but I just want to I want to mention it again. Roman Reigns just doesn't seem like he's bought into this. If someone is trying to kill you, I need you to show more emotion. And if you didn't listen to the Clash episode, I just wanted to throw that out there. I just, I, I'm, I'm not sold on Roman Reigns being the next guy. He's fine in the ring, but as much as we all hated on John Cena and still do at times, he wasn't terrible in the ring, but you know, he wasn't Chris Jericho. But the dude has some charisma, man. Mm. And he could open his mouth and people bought in. And I love what Roman Reigns is doing for these kids with cancer. I think he's a great human being. He's such a good company guy. But he just doesn't have that knack for making people buy into what he's selling. And I just I don't think Roman Reigns will ever be that guy. Do you agree? Uh, I think it's just probably whatever direction he's getting to. Could be bad I mean, booking, yeah. So, I mean, but at the same time, uh, they they clearly want a dork Seth Rollins to be a dork when he's scared in the ring, right? Uh, on Raw, because he sure is, you know, play that up. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's he's not a maybe he just he's not scared by these tactics, so he's you know not concerned. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's just trying to... You think he would be uh, pretty upset that, you know, he had to pay for a rental car that got smashed? 
Guess now, not. He's gonna come and he's gonna sue. He's gonna he's gonna sue Eric Rowan. Uh, we'll talk about that more later too. Honey, yeah. what do you what do you think? Do you think Roman Reigns can be the guy? I don't. I don't see it. I like the word he used, charisma. It's mm-hmm. just kind of not there. Like it's just not. I'm. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't feel like he's not uh, this super engaging personality. He doesn't captivate the room like Cena can when he has a mic. Right. And like Hulk Hogan, like Hulk Hogan, was, he was never a good wrestler. And I don't care what anyone tells you. If someone tells you that Hulk Hogan was a good in-ring performer, it's incorrect. He's not a good wrestler. But oh my gosh, Hulk Hogan had something that no one ever else had. Not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not The Rock, not John Cena. Hulk Hogan had a, and I'm not saying that they didn't have their own things, but Hulk Hogan had something about him where in the 80s, where all he had to do was come out, wave his arms, and point his finger in his opponent's face and literally made the entire country erupt. Everyone knew Hulk Hogan. He was the first household name in professional wrestling. Don't see, I don't see Roman Reigns having that. Now, now that we've successfully went on a you know five minute tangent, let's get back to Eric Rowan. Sorry, Eric, I know you just said you wanted to focus on you, and we're just ignoring you, and I apologize. So let's finish with this segment. So basically, Eric says that he feels disrespected, and he feels like he's treated like a background goon. I think were his exact words, and that's hilarious because we were just in the middle of a segment talking about Eric Rowan, and we completely moved on from him. Uh, he says that Dan O'Brien uh, s- stated that he treated him like an equal, but he is actually physically and intellectually superior to Dan O'Brien in every way. Um, and again, Eric Rowan, not the greatest talker, but good enough to sell this. And I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. And I hope that this isn't some temporary couple week thing to feed someone to Roman Reigns. I hope Eric Rowan continues to be over. I'm not saying I want the guy to be world champion in six months. What I am saying is I hope he continues to do what he's doing now because it's good and it's entertaining. Yeah. I thought he's fine in the segment. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I kind of want them to keep doing this to see if there's something there. But, uh, I mean, he was not great in giving this interview and promo and even later no. in the show. But he's fine for a big guy. Yeah. So. He can talk somewhat, so like let him work at it and see where where it goes. All right, that was fun. So we all know that I have Seth Rollins, and that Chris has Brock Lesnar. So Carol has someone that she hates, <laughs> and the next segment opened with that man because Ali was in the ring, and then you hear the wonderful musings of Mister Sami Zayn. And I say, not you. She doesn't like him. And the problem is, anyone that watched Sami Zayn in NXT or in the Independents knows that he's just an incredible worker, great on the mic. But gosh, he's just been such a goober since he came back. And it's hard to take him seriously. He comes out with a neck brace. And he's like, Ali, I know you you pinned Shinsuke a few weeks ago. But he's different now. And you'll never be a champion. Nakamura comes out, he gets in the ring, and then Ali gets the upper hand for a second. Sami Zayn, broken neck and all, falls on his knees and grabs Ali's around his ankles. And then Ali, instead of, like, punching him, 
I guess he buys in that the guy's neck is broken and he doesn't want to injure him further and gets Kinshasa in the face. That's it. That was a whole segment. And it was disappointing. So it's a... Uh... Oh, here it is. Ah, it's that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's appropriate that you went on a little rant, Matt, and then Carol came back and said that it's, you know, Sami Zayn's her least favorite person. Because, uh, okay. This is uh, this week's future endeavor, unfortunately. Oh, gosh. I, I said it at Class of Champions on our review, like, just their pairing is just not working for me. But after seeing this segment, I was just like, and I, and I told you, Matt just pictured Sami Zayn being the big baby face. He was in NXT and yeah, the new Japan legend that Shinsuke Nakamura was the superstar that he was when he came to America and went to NXT. I mean, blew the roof off the place when these two had a match together and just look at him now. Like yeah, sad. nobody cared. Nobody was into this. They killed Ali who, you know, was, was promising, had like a good run and obviously he got hurt and Kofi Kingston took kind of his spot, and you know what we, you know, we all know what happened there. It, but still, Ollie has done nothing, so they come out and kill him, and for what? For these two, who I mean, we just saw on Raw. I I, I mentioned on the Raw review, they did uh, the AOP had a segment where they didn't speak really any English, and they had subtitles, and it was a good promo. Now. I don't know why they have to feel like somebody has to be out here running his mouth for Shinsuke. And I don't know why he just kind of, he was talking at one point and now he's just sitting there, but I'm just so done with Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn, at least in this capacity. Like it's not working for me. I don't think it'll ever work for me. Like it's just, it's dead. Like they don't, they're not a good mix. I'm just, I'm done with it. I hated this so much. Like this was worse to me than Mike Kanellis was on raw because oh, wow. here's the problem. Like I said, Mike Kanellis, he's been a loser for the, you know, a month. Michael Cole called him a loser and he was the, you know, the dorkest geek of all losers on Monday night, <laughs> but that's Mike Kanellis. He's been that way. He's not like a superstar, you know, or whatever. These two were like legitimate stars outside of WWE. And just now I can't stand them when they're on TV. Like right. even Nakamura in the ring, it's not like, you know, he's not tearing, you know, tearing it up in matches. He's just kind of going by the numbers, which I don't blame him. And then Sami Zayn just annoying on the mic. So he's just doing what he does. Like this is such, I have go away for this now. And I'm just shaking my head. Cause I'm like, these two are two of my favorites. Like, you know, just a couple years ago. And now I don't want to see them at all. So I want them to ask for their release. I want them to quit the company and go on and do something else. Cause I don't want to see this anymore. Best of luck in your future endeavors, Nakamura and Sami Zayn. Wouldn't you like to see if they could just leave tomorrow, Shinsuke show up in new Japan and Sami Zayn show up in AEW. How good would that be? Even Nakamura on AEW. Yeah. Because, I mean, mm. he would be great on that. Like, he'd have great matches with Omega, with uh, uh, John Moxley, Cody R- I mean, he can wrestle. <laughs> Both oh, of them he's can. Incredible. He's incredible. And, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they're doing nothing here. It's a bad gimmick. 
I guess Sami Zayn is Vince's mouthpiece now, and it's just yeah. Not every even that, every though. well, yeah, he he wasn't begin with. And now he's just I think he's just telling him go out there and do your thing and just be annoying. Yeah, and it's yeah, I, I don't want to see them anymore on TV. No, I agree. Which I would never like. Yeah, even his music was that which was awesome. I don't even want to hear anymore. Like I'm yeah. so over this. Yeah, it's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, Mike Canellas was he's always been a loser, but these two were like at the highest of highs just a couple years ago, and WWE has just turned them into this. And if this isn't like the epitome of what WWE does to superstars, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone was as over as NXT champion as Sami Zayn. I really don't know. I mean, there were some other ones that were very over. Finn Balor obviously was very over. Kevin Owens. But Sami Zayn has something special about him. I'm talking about an underdog champion. And they've just they have absolutely destroyed him. Mm-hmm. And absolutely it's not even him. a sense of like, you know, oh, Nakamura, Nakamura was a superstar outside of WWE. But he, he doesn't get it in WWE or whatever. If I'm just you know throwing an argument out there to be devil's advocate. Right. Go watch his debut on NXT TakeOver. Mm-hmm. Against Sami Zayn, just watch that entrance. You don't even have to watch the match if you don't want to. Just watch the entrance and then watch this segment. That's all you need to watch because it tells the entire story. Because all those people in that arena loved that man when he came out there. He was so amazing, had so much charisma. He 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 didn't come out there and cut an English promo or anything, but he was oozing charisma in the ring. And now it's this. So I hate it. Hate it. It's stupid, 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 stupid. My dogs are outside the door growling. I don't know if you hear them. Uh, I think they hate <laughs> that segment too. They also hate it. <laughs> they agree. So yes. Sami Zayn's best friend, as he was leaving the ring, uh, was being shown on TV. And his best friend, of course, is Kevin Owens, who was fired last week. And uh, he's got a ticket. The spotlight is on him, which is weird because he is a fan. He is not with the company. Kayfabe. And Corey Graves is like, why are we showing him on our televisions? We need, this is doing nothing but making his him more valuable in the independence, which I thought was kind of funny and totally true. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he sits down and we go to the backstage segment where uh, what's, I can't remember which referee it was. One of the referees, I think it was John Cohn, comes in and says, hey, Shane, someone's here to see you. Also, Owens just showed up, which is funny because Shane is sitting there staring at a television that's showing Kevin Owens. And he kind of points to it and he's like, yeah, thanks, man. I know. And so John Cohn slash random ref leaves. Shane McMahon walks out. And then the visitor says, are you Shane McMahon? Yes, you've been served. And so Shane opens up this envelope and says, all right, I'm going to take care of this right now. And he starts heading toward the ring. We go to commercial. We come back. We show Kevin Owens in the crowd. And then you hear Shane McMahon's music who comes out with this plethora of security guards. And they come to the ring, and Shane says, you know what, Kevin, just come here. We'll take care of all this right now. Kevin Owens tosses his ticket, comes barreling toward the ring, and Shane's like, hey, guys, let him in the ring. He's jumping in the ring, and Shane's like, are you going a little too fast? So the security guards go into the ring, and they start talking. Shane asks the security guards to step outside the ring, so now it's just the two of them. Mano a mano. And Shane says, this is ridiculous. This is the largest 
what was it? What's the term? Wrongful termination Wrongful lawsuit. Wrongful termination lawsuit of all time. $25 million. That's pretty big. And so Shane basically says, this is bullcrap. And Kevin said, actually, it's not. Because remember, you fired me because I attacked a referee. And last week, you attacked me. Or you fined me for attacking referee. Last week, you attacked me. And you fired me for insubordination. So I just want to let you know that not only am I suing for $25 million for much more than that, because when I win, I'm going to return to WWE, and I'm going to say to you, Shane McMahon, you're fired. I just imagined Kevin Owens' lawyer watching this on TV going, what are you doing? (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. I'm saying anything. If this was real, neither one of them would be allowed to talk. So Kevin Owens... You're giving away my entire case. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so Kevin leaves... And uh, Shane McMahon starts, like, reviewing the documents because, you know, he mentioned that he'd only read the beginning of it. And, uh, yeah. So we see Ric Flair backstage. Actually, we see Charlotte Flair. And then Ric Flair appears in the camera. He slaps his arms because he's Ric Flair. I wonder if somebody went and served Vince McMahon if Ric Flair is backstage. Yeah. mm, Yeah. (laughs) And so we've had one, two, three, four segments, five segments. Mm until the next match. Now I get that the first match literally went 25% of the show. That doesn't mean you can go another 25% of the show without showing another match. And then the second match didn't happen. Uh, so then we had Charlotte versus Sasha Banks and then offset who apparently is an Atlanta rapper that I've never heard of. Yeah, what? Oh, that is the, uh, the big announcement. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. the big announcement. The Atlanta, uh, Atlanta-based recording off- artist uh, Offset, uh, also of uh, Migos, I believe. Okay. Uh, Tease an album to be released or dropped from WWE, or you know, I, I guess it's a, a Migos or Offset album. Yeah, that's a big announcement. It's Wait a, a tease that they might announce something. What 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 will they announce that he's going to release an album full of WWE themes? No, he just went he just went on WWE TV and was like, "Hey, we might release an album." Oh, well, that's dumb. <laughs> also, his intro to Charlotte was yeah. really crappy. Like he was yeah. like the Queen, Flair, and then he said something like, "Let's get it, y'all," or something stupid. Yeah, and then she came out. He hugged her. He was in a Ric Flair robe himself. It was, it was really, really stupid. Now I will admit that I don't like rap. And maybe if I did, I might have been like, oh my gosh, it's Offset. And then I would have enjoyed it. But I'll tell you. Take it as somebody, uh, I, I like hip-hop music. Uh, I don't care for Offset or okay. Migos. Well, let's just say. I was, really, I was just really saying it was a big announcement. Because A, it was stupid to announce uh, a tease of a possible album announcement. Right. Which I don't even know makes any sense. I guess WWE asked him to do something. He's like, oh, I could say we're going to do something. Uh, But anyway, yeah, I don't care for Offset or Migos, and uh, I don't care if they have a new album. I just like all the guest hosts that have been on there, even the good ones, like all the ones that I like. If if they don't like wrestling, you can really tell. Mm. And that really bothered me. But yeah, this match was bad. Uh, That's not fair. The match was good. But Charlotte Flair won because... Bailey interfered when she was doing a figure four to Sasha. They attacked and then Carm they, they attacked her two on one, beat her up, and Carmella made the save. She finally like, found her gear. 
Yeah, I guess. I, and I don't want to complain. I love Carmella, and I'm glad she made the save. But it was just so weird, right? Who's protecting our truth? Yeah, that must have been that must have been what it was, I suppose. Maybe anyway, this happened when uh, he was getting the tour of Knoxville. She yeah. she ran over to SmackDown real quick. <laughs> that makes that makes total sense. So, honey, what do you what did you make of this? Because I was expecting Becky Lynch to come out and kind of return the favor for Charlotte. So, with Carmella coming out, what did you what did you think? have big feelings um i guess it's like hey let's shake it up let's let's remind everybody that carmella is a wrestler she exists she doesn't just uh ride around on our truth's back and keep him out of trouble uh so i guess it's kind of one of those things where they were just like oh yeah let's let's toss her in there okay Uh, so now the feud is becky lynch charlotte flair alexa bliss nikki cross and carmella (laughs) versus sasha banks and bailey right right i think yeah. Oh, and uh, and Ember Moon because she yeah. she uh, she talked to Bailey a couple weeks ago, so she's there in there too. Yeah, I think that uh, it was Corey Graves. One of the announcers said, "Oh man, Sasha Banks and Bailey aren't going to have any friends left over after this." So, and I guess yeah, Fire and Desire might be on Bailey and uh, Sasha's team if you want to throw them in there. Are they? Are we going for a Survivor Series match? Yeah. maybe. And then the Iconics. They'll they'll okay. there we go. It's a six person tag feud. There you go. Yeah, six v six. Let's do it. All women hate each other. Yeah, that's kind of how it works, right? <laughs> Especially when it's like there's basically all men on the riding team, except yep. for Dana Warrior. Come on, we're not even going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Baron Corbin and his King of the Ring coronation was next. His coronation. His coronation, King of the Ring coronation. And who, boy? I liked it. The King Corbin, King of the Ring coronation. <laughs> <laughs> so Baron Corbin comes out. He call, he, he, he basically puts himself over for a few minutes, and he calls out Chad Gable, makes a couple short jokes, and then Chad Gable snaps. And honey, you tell me what happened here and why it was absolutely incredible. What happened here was I marked like so huge. I love this. Uh, Gable had had enough. He's like, I am not short. (laughs) And he has had enough. And he he just tears it up, right? Mm-hmm. He 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 causes general mayhem. Uh, Destroyed totally literally did. every piece of the set. He does, and and Corbin was so sad. He was, and I was so I was so sad for him. My my beautiful wife uh, has always shows a lot of empathy. So what basically happened was Gable threw Corbin into the throne and destroys the throne. He attacks him with a scepter, and destroys the scepter. He stomps on the crown. He rips up the robe as Corbin's like outside of the ring begging him not to. And Didn't so they say kicks. the scepter smacked uh, Corey Graves on the outside? I think it hit somebody. Yeah. And so Baron Corbin, after Chad Gable kicks the broken crown to him, he just looks like he's about to cry. And because we all mostly hate Corbin, although he has you know turned our, turned our opinions around recently because he's been having good matches, my beautiful wife is like, oh, I feel so bad for him. And like, I thought it was great. No, I wouldn't say I said it that way. Okay, maybe not that way. I do exaggerate quite a bit. This has been known to happen. <laughs> but I did say, I was like, oh, look, you look so sad. And I feel bad for him. And then we cut to the announcers. Uh-huh. Uh, and Corey Graves <laughs> is so disturbed. I mean, they're talking, right? Uh, and he's just sitting over there with this look on his face. Like, he cannot believe this just happened. He's so upset. 
And then you have Saxon kind of making faces at him. It yeah. was so good. It was really good. And I don't usually like the feuding between the announcers. I'm kind of over that. I feel like just call what's going on and talk. Um, don't have your own thing going on. But that was funny. Yeah. That was funny. It was really good. It was really good. Did you like this, Kyle? Yeah. Um, this is another thing. I'm, I'm kind of glad, you know, they're doing this. I, like I said, I kind of wish Gable still would have won. So, because uh, uh, – it does kind of make him feel like a sore loser that he is doing this. Cause like, you know, you lost tournament man. Like he destroyed all the stuff. I mean, I get it's cause Corbin was making fun of him, but, uh, but either way it's, you know, I'm glad to see this continue this, you know, we'll see what, hopefully it doesn't end up with Corbin just being down Gable, which I'm afraid it will, but, uh, but I'm fine with it for now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm not sure if this. I'm assuming the feud is continuing, right? I mean, it has to, considering what's going on. Um, I think that if this is done right, Baron Corbin can win this feud, and Chad Gable can still be a bigger star than he was a couple weeks ago, because he was nobody. Yeah, and, well, I was going to say he was doing nothing before. Yeah, so yeah. So, but I mean, I think Chad Gable a few weeks ago is a bigger star than Mike Kanellis, who was just a total goober. Well, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that if this is done properly, he can he can come out of the other side of it looking strong. And I, I hope that's the case because I'm a big fan of Shorty G. Not a big fan of that name. Please don't copyright that. But uh, yeah, I hope it I hope it turns out really good. I actually but thought with all uh, with Corbin given his short jokes in there, I thought he was going to drop the Shorty G name, but <laughs> yeah. he didn't. I'm yeah. glad he didn't. It's good. It's good. So for your main event of the evening, you have heavy machinery, and it's like it pans over to the ring, and it's a long distance. And I saw two people, and Carol says, "Oh no, it's just jobbers," but it wasn't just jobbers. Well, it was the B team. Oh, actually, yeah, it was just Duncan. <laughs> no, so it wasn't just two no names. It was the B team, which I think we might have even pointed out last week. Yeah. And we said, the B-team aren't doing anything. Why don't we have, have machinery destroy them? That's exactly what happened. And they heard you. Yeah. And they said, oh, yeah, we do have the B-team. So I just want to, I want to talk to whoever, whatever writer is listening to the show right now. I'm available. And I actually enjoy my job. But if you give me a job for WWE writing, I will quit tomorrow. So you just let me know. Um, yeah, they beat him in 90 seconds. Otis was in... A new uh, set of ring gear. Why don't you tell us about that, honey? Otis was so great. We got some some uh, uh, drumming on the tum. He did drumming good. on the tum, and he was in uh, like some uh, tidy whitey tights mm-hmm. instead of his regular Kurt Angle style tights. Showing off that Angle, fantastic body. That body, man. I'm telling you, he has a Vince McMahon body if I have ever seen one. Um, yeah, they destroyed them. Otis is hilarious. This was fine. I don't have any problem with this. I love it. I just need him to do something with heavy machinery, but yeah, it's good. I mean, I kind of wish she would go back to the singlet, but I do too, but it's fine. (laughs) I like, because if you want to show the belly, like what he was doing where he's pulling the straps down. Yeah. I mean, it's traditional. It's like to pull the strap down. I mean, you know, it's like taking the gloves off. Right. Uh, But uh, just walking around the tidy whitey, like, or the, you know, trunks, the traditional trunks. uh, I was like, eh, (laughs) <laughs> not the most flattering look for uh my, my boy otis but yeah but he's so but good. he's so yeah i mean he's standing on 
he is the center of attention even when he's on the apron because right. like Tucker hit a move and he'd be oh yeah <laughs> just on the apron and uh, I just giggled every time I was just like oh, he's so great yeah and he's just like saying all kinds of stuff just standing there and yeah he's he's the best yeah so good so good um, so yeah the, we then we went to your main uh, main event segment of the evening and you see Jane O'Brien walking backstage go to commercial and he's back. And he goes to the ring, and he talks about Eric Rowan. And he says, Eric, I always saw you as an equal and a friend. And then Rowan comes out and says that Brian never even considered his feelings. He always stood behind Daniel Bryan, and he was not going to be his lackey anymore. And Daniel says, you know what? No matter what you do to me physically, you can never hurt me more than you did by ruining our friendship. And so... Eric Rowan just kind of steps back, and then Luke Harper attacks Daniel O'Brien from behind. And they beat up Daniel for a second, and then Roman Reigns music hits, and then Luke tosses Daniel to the back, and Eric goes, nope. And then it pans back to show Roman Reigns coming from the ramp, and Eric Rowan is iron clawing Daniel O'Brien during the entrance, which I just thought was kind of funny. It seemed like a very video game thing to do, where the cutscene was kind of messed up. But whatever, it's fine. Um, Roman came out. It didn't matter. He got destroyed basically immediately. Um, they, uh, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, like destroyed part of the ring apron. They pulled up, uh, the mat on the outside and, uh, they beat up some of the security. They tossed a couple of them on the concrete and then they double teamed Dan O'Brien onto, onto a table. Yeah, this was... This is very reminiscent of NX, the the Nexus guys, just absolutely destroying everything. Obviously, it wasn't nearly that that successful or that strong, but I love the look of this, and I like both these guys. This is obviously building to a tag match. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I felt for that security guard who had to take the bump on the concrete. The right. first guy, it really hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it did. What did you think of this this segment? Uh, are you talking to me or Carol? You can go ahead and go first, Kyle. <laughs> you, you just keep saying you. And I'm like, you. Oh, what? Yes. He looked at me. <laughs> yeah. We're sitting in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I can't see your gaze at me. Um, yeah. I like this segment. Um, it's still not clear what, I, I guess we'll find out later if Daniel Bryan has changed his ways. Um, Cause I mean, he's, I guess going to be a baby face or uh, who knows that he kind of, was in, it was just kind of neutral here and you tried to reconcile with uh Rowan and he uh, got destroyed so yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do with it i hope he like you know says something that in the, i think this is setting up for him to tag with Rowan i mean with Roman against Rowan and Harper so uh yeah i'm looking forward to it i, I enjoyed this segment so uh, hopefully it makes more sense going forward than it did at the beginning because mm-hmm. it still doesn't. Will we see Derek Rowan again? Who knows? I feel like Derek's gone. Yeah. They uh, they burned him in Sister Abigail's house or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Honey, mm. what did you think of this segment? Uh, I thought it was a, a, a good ending. It kind of leaves you going, okay, cool. What's going to happen next? Right. So I, I thought that was that was good. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I thought it was good, too. Um, 
Yeah, and that's pretty much it. That's all that happened on SmackDown. So, BWC, as a teacher, as we mentioned yesterday on the Raw Show, I want you to grade this episode of WWE SmackDown. All right, well, as a teacher, uh, we've said I've been a little lenient. And as a teacher, it's important to set high expectations uh, and goals. You know, you can't get complacent. So I would say this show started out great. We started out with wrestling on a wrestling show. Mm-hmm, what very an important. idea. So that was great. Um, and then it wasn't much until kind of near the end. Yeah. So we had, to me, it was kind of some stuff happened. And then Baron Corbin and Chad Gable came out. And then Heavy Machinery came out. And then Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Yeah. So to me, that was the whole show. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna be, I'm sure I'm still being a little lenient, but I'm going to hit it with a C. Okay. My that's, first C, I believe. That's, yeah, that's pretty tough for you. Yeah. Kyle, go ahead. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that happened on the show. I'm, I'm hoping we see more than this, especially when they debut on Fox, which I'm sure they will. I thought it was fine. I mean, you know, it's not a lot happened, but, you know, Raw made me very angry. So watching this, it was a shorter show and it definitely had a lot less stupid stuff other than the Knockmore segment. Um, So I thought it was a good show. You know, the the opening match was good. The the Otis or (laughs) the Otis team, the uh, heavy machinery (laughs) uh, and B team match was fine for what it was. I mean, it was basically a squash match, but it was a good one. Um, not like a typical Viking Raiders like type squash match. Right. Um, Flair and Banks was a good match until you know the ending that you know got happened and all the other segments were fine. So uh, I'm gonna give this. I can't quite give it a B, uh, mainly because of Nakamura and Sami Zayn because I hated it so much. And also, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot that happened on the show, but I'll give it a strong C plus. I thought okay. it was an average show. Um, that. Stay away from being bad like Rawless. The problem with this show, and I said it many times, is I need good wrestling on a wrestling show. And who boy, that first match was so good. And then you had a match that ended in disqualification in a squash match. So really, the live crowd got an amazing match, and then crap, the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. And if I would have went to see this live... I would not have went home happy. And the issue is, it's a wrestling show. So all the other segments... 205 Live came on after that, didn't it? Uh, Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you go home happy. I would have have stayed for that, yeah. So (laughs) a lot of the other segments were great. I loved Kevin Owens and uh, even Shane. I absolutely loved the Corbin-Chad Gable stuff. And I thought the stuff at the end was great. There wasn't a whole lot of bad to this show, except for the fact that there just wasn't a lot of wrestling. And you need to do better, WWE. All you had to do, you could have had those three matches and give me one more solid match and then sh- cut some time for some other things. C-minus. Give me more wrestling on a wrestling show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Wrestle Life Radio, episode number 28. Thank you very much for following us. Like, share, and subscribe. Please tell your friends. Kyle, how can they find yes. you? On Instagram at Kyle.poly. And BWC Carol, how can they uh, how can they find you? On Instagram at Carolson. You can follow our good friend Chris Cumby at Chris Cumby or at Wrestle Life Hill. I forgot about that yesterday. 
Sorry, Chris. You can find me, Carol's husband, at WrestleLife Matt. You can follow us all on Facebook and Instagram at WrestleLife Radio and on Twitter at WrestleLife Pod. Thank you so much for your support. And once again, please tell your friends we really appreciate you. We hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Tune in tomorrow for our review of NXT's first USA show. It'll be a good one. Take. <laughs> See you in hell.